You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Super hot. So hot it's on fire. As I like to say around here, let's play the fight song. Welcome, everybody, to the 3DMs podcast. I am Jake, and for once, I actually don't have any of my normal co-hosts here. This is weird. The branding is going to have to change. But in studio today, if any of our loved, rabid, tiny fan base, tiny like a Wolverine, rabid like a Wolverine, um, was paying attention, we were recently on the Brian Joe show, and I forced Brian to play exactly just one game of Dungeons and Dragons with me. And so today's episode is going to be about new players and how to help new players get up to speed and up to snuff. Brian, how the hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really good today. It's weather's nice. Could be a little warmer, but uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, that's kind of how it goes. So let's let's dive right into it. Um, very first thing I want to get to, um, if somebody's walking into this show, um, they find this episode, they're a brand new player to D and D. Congratulations, you picked up a fantastic hobby, in my humble opinion. But I'm, you know, also a big fanboy for it. But simultaneously, there is a lot of learning involved. There is a very steep learning curve involved. You might be listening to this in the car on the way to your very, very first game ever and this episode is designed to help you out and uh you know we're really going to focus on a new player here so let's go from the top um just on a little pre-prepared spiel that i got um the hardest part of making your very first character is the amount of options you have um it's kind of like going out to a restaurant and realizing there's 400 things on the menu and in this hypothetical where you can have that many things at one restaurant it's all actually good but, um, you know, with D&D, everything is good. Everything is workable and everything is really, you know, fun to play with. And so you oftentimes when you're a brand new player and, you know, you have to sit down and make your first character and you're hit with all your options of race and then class and then weaponry and all that, uh, it can get a little overwhelming. Brian, what was your experience? Because you actually did a really good thing um, and went and did your research on your own time because I wasn't able to sit down with you and help you make your first character sheet. So talk me through um, just dealing with that wall of information that can hit you oh uh yeah i was it was definitely a lot it was a lot i didn't expect it to be that much i knew it was a lot to begin with um because i've been in kind of the gaming community for quite a while but more digital gaming than board gaming specifically so i understand role playing and how how a lot of the dynamics of role playing games tend to flow uh so i think that is is uh, gives me kind of a leg up on understanding how D and D works because essentially it is a role playing game and it, it, you are creating your own story and using your mind in the moment, which which is a lot different because uh, you don't know what like it. There's no set path on like, yeah. Besides with the well, yeah. you know, and too, in a lot of video games, a lot of RPG video games, a lot of them are loosely based, like, around the framework that D&D makes, like, you know, a ranger isn't a thing, you know, technically, a ranger <laughs> is, a ranger is Aragorn, okay, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a way to be Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, for example, Um so, you know, there's like if you have a video game background and you played a lot of, you know, like you said, RPGs, I find it really helps. But if you're somebody completely new, I mean, here here's a fun little nugget of data I got. Just in the player's handbook alone, um, you know, 
not even using Volo's Guide to Monsters, the Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and all the other splat books uh, that are out there with additional races and you know other various options. There are 204 potential characters you can make just off of class and race combos. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. And that's that's a lot for somebody uh, <laughs> who's lot, brand yeah. new to the game to suddenly have to take in um, and also understand how all these stats work. So to you, new player, let's start at the very tippy top. Yeah, sure. You have to make a character that you are going to be expected to play and you know act as a little bit and have all this agency and all these actions that you can do in the game. And it's a lot to take in. So let's go over some ways that you can actually remedy that very easily. Uh, if you're, you know, feeling a little overwhelmed by the idea of making a sheet, my very first recommendation, if, you know, making a character sounds a little difficult or, you know, you're just, you don't want to be overwhelmed with information. You want to, you know, kind of ease yourself into the pool. Wizards of the Coast, the people who make Dungeons and Dragons on the D&D website, it's a little, if you do some Googling, you'll find it fairly easily. Um, they have a bunch of pre-generated character sheets. Mm. All the stats are done. All the, uh, you know, the race is already picked. The class is already picked. All the spells are picked. If you're a spellcaster, which um, can add a lot to character creation, you know, once you get to the end. And, oh, yeah, and I need you to pick uh, about eight of these spells. And there's, you know, about 30 options for you to choose from. Um, so having a already completed spell list, uh, weaponry picked out. And, you know, all you need to do is put a name on them and, you know, come up with a personality. That can really help, especially if you're. Uh, you know, fairly familiar with the fantasy standards of, you know, what's out there. Cause in the player handbook, you know, you're going to get all your standard races, human, elf, half elf, uh, half orc, gnome, halfling, hobbit people, you know, however you want to do it. Tieflings, um, dragonborn. There's, you know, and a couple other dwarves. I'm forgetting dwarves. How could I forget dwarves? Um, you know, if you know what you already want to do, then just, Taking a look at these pre-generated characters can really help you until you're feeling more comfortable with the game and you feel like you can branch out and make your own. Um, now, another thing that can really hang players up because a very common thing with this game, um, like I started you guys at level three uh, because as the common joke goes here on the show, level one is rocket tag. Um, it's really easy for people to die, and there is nothing more deflating than having somebody who spent about an hour making their very first character sheet just accidentally getting stabbed to death by goblins. Um, you know, it can it can really, really ruin, you know, somebody's <laughs> experience of the hobby, and you don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, the characters can do a little bit more fun stuff once they hit third level. Um, but that's where subclasses come in. And, you know, every class, there's 12 classes. Um, most of them have three. Uh, a couple of them, like Wizard and Cleric, have eight. There's a whole lot of reading to do for all that. And, you know, in this scenario where you're already trying to – I compare making a, you know, making a character and then playing in a game in the same night. It's kind of like just cramming for a final that's happening in 20 <laughs> minutes because um, you're just – you're just hoping, you know, everything sticks and yeah. it can be really nerve wracking, which is kind of what happened to you because we did not have time to really sit down and plan everything out. Um, so my recommendation, my second recommendation is if you are going to start at a higher level and, you know, this is your first character, use the online SRD, the, you know, the standard resources that they allow. It's, you know, all the stuff that they'll put out there legally that isn't in the book. And it will have just one version of every class, one subclass for every class. It's not always the sexiest ones. Um, for example, it, you know, instead of um, for rogue, everyone tends to early players tend to gravitate towards assassin because boy, howdy, does that sound badass? Um, it has thief. Um, same with paladin instead of oath of vengeance, which is actually really badass. It has the oath of devotion. Um, you know, so it doesn't have, you know, all the variety that you want. But I think, again, a very streamlined like, hey, you're going to play this and you're going to, um, you know, you're, you're going to play this and we'll do this for a little bit. And then we can change things up or branch things out once you, again, got your feet under you is a pretty good road to take. Now, Brian, let's talk about your character that you made a little bit and just like walk through that process because you know and and take yourself back to that fateful night in Ben and Kelsey's trailer where we sat down and I had to deal with uh, their very large <laughs> dog who was very happy to see me um you know so we sat down um I had Paul working with you on this cuz I had a lot of other stuff uh to do for the game as well at that time so we were both just you know kind of sitting there and going back and forth and trying to help you as much as we can uh what 
what stuck and what did not stick? Like, what was the easy part of character creation for you and what was difficult? Um, like you were saying earlier, it was mostly the, the options. There's just so many options, uh, that it just, it, it gets overwhelming in a lot of different ways. So what I found to, the character creation part wasn't too bad for me. Um, I, I read through what the origin stories and what they were about, their demeanor. Uh, and I just chose something that was similar to my personality, um, I think that's the easiest way to go about it when creating a character the first time around is not go too creative. Try to get as close to you as possible or try to get something that you want to be. So those are, those are, those characteristics are going to be really easy to figure out. Um, and rather than trying to think like, Oh, okay, what should I put together? Be like, okay, who am I? and create a character that way or who do I want to be and create a character that way? I think those are the easiest routes to go. Yeah, um, actually, so I did reach out to all of our other hosts um, on this um, just so everybody, you know, like could get their say in and stuff because normally that's how we do things, Um, you know, especially since it's just, you know, me representing the show today. But um, Nacho did point out uh, another thing that he finds very helpful with new players is just have them, you know, just pick a race and then do a little bit of a questionnaire like don't hit them with classes i've done something like this too a couple of times and i do find it's very effective um just hit them with a questionnaire like uh what kind of weapons do you I actually use this on you you know uh how do you see yourself as like in a combat you know like do you want to use magic do you want to you know hit stuff with a sword um you know do you like to be sneaky do you want to be wearing a lot of armor you know and up there and fighting you know like what what do you value as a as a fantasy character and, you know, if you can narrow those things down instead of rushing through the class list, because I've seen it happen before where you get about halfway through the class list and describing it and the eyes just glaze over, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they've completely lost the plot. They don't know what's happening. And they're just like, um, uh, that one sounds OK. And they're just, you know, it, it, it's a lot of information to take in. So. You know, doing a questionnaire, um, you can find a couple online or you can just ask your own questions and kind of narrow it down to what you think is going to be most effective is another great way to uh, really help find some somebody find their first character class. Um, now, if you're feeling especially bold um, and you want to just, you know, throw caution to the wind here, um, you can build a completely random character with some dice. Um, there are let's see, we got. Uh, you can, there's a couple of, you know, things online where, you know, you roll a 12 sided dice and you take that class, whatever number you get on the dice. And, uh, I'm going to sound really dumb here for running a D and D podcast, but you take the appropriate amount of dice or the appropriate dice for how many races there are in the handbook. Cause I forget sometimes, um, if, and especially if we're counting human variant, um, but you roll those dice, you know, D 12, find out your class, roll the, I believe it's D eight for races and, from there, you have a uh, – or now I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 12 two for races. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, from there, you have a completely randomized character. And it's – you know, again, it's letting fate definitely decide for you. But at the same time, I've seen people, you know, um, with very little experience do that and then just boom. They get that character like, okay, this is me. Cool. Boom. Done. Um, so that's another way to try it if – uh, character sheets are a little, you know, seems a little overwhelming. Now, I do want to talk about, though, uh, with a character sheet, and Brian, I'm going to have you assist with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that the cameras are going to crash again, so even though we got the sports cam working, um, <laughs> I'm not actually going to reference this, um, and I'm just going to drag my player's handbook over here. Uh, and we're going to go over the character sheet really quick because this thing is also kind of a nightmare to navigate when you're a new player. Um, yeah, it definitely. is, you know, when you don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, actually, you know, Brian, just how did you feel about the, you know, players uh, or the uh, the character sheet the first time you got your hands on it? Uh, super confused. I had no idea what I was doing. But thankfully, someone was there to help me. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I mean, that is the dream. Um, it. You know, it, it can be when you've looked at it and you've used them long enough, they make perfect sense. Um, 
However, if you're brand new, it's obviously going to be a struggle. So this is the way I recommend to make a character if you're brand new um, and you really want that experience of making your own character, which I still highly recommend because uh, a character that you make yourself is going to you know, usually mean much, much more to you than you know, just a randomly generated character <laughs> or a you – know, Picking, you know, picking one off a website that somebody already made, you know, putting your own, you know, sweat equity into it, you know, usually makes it mean more to you. So um, step one, pick your race. We have to know what kind of person this is. Fairly obvious. Step two, choose your class. This is shocking info, I know. But, you know, decide which class you want to play based on the 12 in the descriptions um, or whatever your DM recommends to you. Now, this is where things get a little off the normal trail. Um, step three, choose your background. The background section um, in the book details, you know, extra abilities your characters has, uh, skills that they have, and it is going to be beneficial for you to really get an idea of who this character is as a person, which we're going to cover here in a little bit when we really get to writing that backstory and stuff. Um, so choose your background, you know, figure out if they're a ex-soldier, if they're a, you know, they're, they used to be a thief, if they used to be a sailor, you know, um, choose your background and get those appropriate skills. Now, if you're starting at level three or above, choose the subclass that you're starting with. Um, you know, and that's, that's just pretty straightforward. Choose the, you know, the subclass that sounds like the most fun to you to play. Um, I'm very big on the idea that a dungeon master, uh, you know, even if a class, or a subclass isn't that great. It's on me as the dungeon master to make it work for you. And it doesn't matter how limited it is. Um, I need to try to do as much as I can to make sure you still have fun. I can't just go, well, you chose Beastmaster. You fucked up. <laughs> um, that's not fair to, that's not fair to the person who really wanted to play Beastmaster Ranger, even though it's terrible, objectively. Um, from there, <laughs> after you've chosen your, uh, your subclass, if that is a thing, choose skills. Choose your skills that actually come with the class. The reason you pick background first is so nothing overlaps and you have a much more straightforward thing. From there, do the little choose your equipment thing. If you have to choose spells, if you have a, cast, uh, a class that casts spells, almost said that backwards, <laughs> choose, um, you know, choose your spells. A Another good recommendation, if you're afraid of reading all the spell descriptions and as somebody who's ran this game for five years, I get a little worried about having to look up spell descriptions sometime because there's so many of them that if it's like one I that doesn't come up all the time, I'm like, oh, shit, what does that do? Um, there's plenty of lists online about what the best spells are or what the most optimal spells are. And, you know, there is no there is no shame in pulling from that list, especially if you want to have um, very effective spell casting. Um, and there's also a bunch of great guides on what spells are a lot better. And because it's another thing like with all the options that you have for spells, you again see that, you know, uh, kind of happen with the, uh, you know, the average new player. Um, so finally, after all that is done, this is where you fill in your hit points, your hit dice, your speed, your armor class, and your initiative and your proficiency bonuses. Why I recommend doing that here at the end, because those are things that you are going to be able to monitor in combat and doing those last and having a good idea of, okay, that's how much health I have. That's what my armor class is. That's what uh, my initiative is. These are all things that generally only come up in combat. Um, so having that stuff available to you when, you know, or knowing where to look for that stuff, because doing all that stuff at the same time um, helps you really understand where all that shit is going to be then it, I, I just find it more beneficial for navigating the sheet and understanding the sheet. And then last but not least, write down the abilities granted by your class. Or alternatively, go to D&D Beyond or any other website um, or you can Google them. Uh, people will often have uh, just descriptions of what every class ability does. Just have them handy because a lot of people, there's – there's been times where I'm expecting them to do something that's really obvious from my perspective because I know much more about the game and players just completely forget like that they're capable of doing that stuff. Um, I've, you know, I'm not going to rag, I, I don't want to rag too hard on one of my players, but he played a paladin for a little over a year and he still had no idea what, you know, bonuses and, you know, 
other stuff he had going on. He just liked to show up and play. And I didn't begrudge him for it. But at the same time, there was a lot of times where like it, it was a good thing some of his pl- uh, the other players with him knew more about what was going on because they go, wait a minute, his this thing should be kicking in because in the middle of a combat as a DM, I, I've got 18 things going on, so I can't exactly yeah. w- make sure he's getting everything right, and it can be a little tricky. Um, so write down your abilities or have your abilities on hand so you can scroll through them. Um, you know, so from there we have we have a functional character sheet. We have a brand new character, uh, Brian. Let's talk about how you felt. Once now, now that you finally got your character down, he's got a name. Um, you know, you have your class, you got everything picked out. Uh, the very next step was we had to we had to come up with a story for him. And you know, it's very interesting that we bring up story because it you know obviously this is a storytelling game. You've done the hard part of making a character sheet and defining who somebody is is a very difficult thing to do. Um, you know, but. A lot of that comes from their personal story. And conveniently enough, Brian, you run a podcast about finding out people's individual stories. Why don't you talk about that for a second? The the podcast itself? Yeah, yeah. Plug your show now. We're going to plug you again at the end, too. Okay. I, do a, I do a double tap, baby. <laughs> double tap. I love that. What is that? Zombie Land? Yeah, double yeah. tap. Make oh, sure they're man. done. I love that movie. Also, I'm obsessed with zombies. But uh, yeah, I run this podcast called The Brian Joe Show. And what essentially I do is... I have people come on from all walks of life, all sorts of different labels, uh, like depending on how they choose to view themselves or how other people view them. And uh, what we do is we break down these labels, choose to hear them for who they are, which is just human. And uh, we talk about the human condition. And uh, ultimately what my goal is to bring people together, uh, create exposure for all sorts of different things like spirituality, gender, uh, sexuality, like every every sort of aspect of life um people go through a lot of the same things so uh i just want to bring people together through that so yeah yeah no um and where can they find your show at uh they can find me on my facebook page and on itunes so the facebook page is the brian joe show Uh, if you search me on itunes spotify google Podcasts, all of the major uh podcast um hosting sites or whatever uh it's all the Brian Joe show. So it's B R I A N space Z as in zebra H O U and then show. So that's where you guys can find me out. Check it out. It's going to hopefully help you experience the world in a new way. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to listen to while driving. Um, it does help <laughs> with you. perspective. We appeared on there recently in case you guys missed it. Um, you can come listen to me use fuck as a comma for a good hour and 20 minutes because <laughs> I watched the playback and I was like, wow, I was, I was, uh, my language was definitely a little rough, um, a little rough around the edges. But once you get me started, I can't stop. But let's get back to backstory. So Brian, let's talk about your experience as a writer or lack thereof. Because this is another part where people can get a little hung up um, when they're making a character. They suddenly realize that I am, you know, responsible for coming up with a backstory. And there's a couple of common things that can happen. But I want to, I want to hear a little bit more from you. How comfortable did you feel with coming up with uh, exactly who your character was? Who, uh, with D and D, I feel like a lot of it is imagination, and um. As we get older, a lot of the times that is bred out of us, I feel, by society. And so it's been quite a while since I've had to go in deep and improv and just think about, like, creating a character out of nothing. I mean, I have the basis of my race, my class, my equipment, my skills and stuff, but, man, like, defining who that person is is is, is pretty tough. Um I don't know. What would you like me to go into about it? It was just hard, honestly. No, I just, I, you know, I want the, I want the honest, you know, opinion. And if there was anything that you were able to do on your own side of things that can help, because I mean, obviously the, one of the obvious things that I am going to point out right away is you should not be afraid of making a new character um, or making a backstory for a character rather uh, because you have somebody there to help you. And that person is the D uh, is the DM. Uh, the DM is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're all secretly the greatest story writers of all time, <laughs> but a lot of us do have a very good understanding of fantasy, and we also have a very good understanding of either the setting that we're using 
or our own setting that we've created ourselves. Like, you know, I play in a setting that I've made for myself, you know, so when you have ideas that you want to throw out and pitch at me, okay, well, I know where everything is and I know how to do stuff. And if it doesn't exist, well, then cool. We'll just make up a spot really quick. Um, I, I mean, I would say that uh, for what helped me was that, or what would help someone, I'm not exactly sure how, how we went about it, but I would say that as long as you have an idea of who you want to be, so like imagine, I would say imagine the coolest parts in like your favorite movie or something, and then what are the characteristics of of that character? And if you want to, I, I don't know, it's almost like putting yourself in that place and being like, okay, so I, I want this, I like this backstory that they have. So almost compiling different things that you've actually seen and being like, hey, that was cool, that was cool, that was cool, that was badass. I'm going to put this all together and create a character. Okay, now DM, tell me about the world that you created and how we can infuse my ideas of these things that I collected into the world that you've created. And I think that's a really that's probably an easier way to do it. And I feel like that's kind of how we did it. Yeah. That's actually the very first thing that I had written down on the notes for, you know, helping creating a backstory. Um, This, a lot of DMS, but also a lot of players suffer from running into this common tread. And that is they want their thing to be so great. um, Like there's a lot of pressure for whatever they're writing to be just spectacular and, um, you know, at an incredibly high professional level. And, you know, I used to, I used to think like that when I was very early in my DMing and playing career. And now looking back that I'm, I've got a lot more time and seasoning, you know, doing all this. Um, a lot of my early writing was shit (laughs) and, you know, it's just, it's something you make peace with though. Um, you know, and you know, understand the fact that, it doesn't have to be um, overly complicated or overly dramatic. One of the, uh, you know, a old pearl of wisdom that my father uh, used to give me all the time. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have heard a very similar thing said is keep it simple, stupid, meaning just keep it as straightforward as possible and do not worry about doing too many thrills. Um, the, one of the big things about making a character too and writing that backstory uh, is you want to uh, and keeping it in line with the keeping it simple is depending on what level you're starting. I've, I've read enough backstories from players who have written me like a five page epic detailing on how they have kicked every ass uh, from one coast to the other coast and then back again. And then I have to ca- like carefully remind them like, Hey, your character is only level three. Like not to, not to step on your dreams here, bud, but you're not that big of a deal yet. <laughs> you know, you're, you're very low on the totem pole. Your, your character is still a badass, but they're not that badass yet. Um, you know, so just a, a tip for the average new player, uh, when you're writing your story, you know, keep it, try to keep things in the realm of, you know, simplicity. I always use the comparison that a level one is a guy who just started his job as a fighter. You know, he, he he's a little tougher than your average guy. Level three is like a trained soldier, a well-trained soldier. Um, very tough, but still is very capable of getting his ass kicked, especially by a lot of people. Level five is about a Navy SEAL. You know, um, that's when we get into remarkably badass territory. And then level 10 is like where you're pretty well renowned for, your badassery. And then by the time we hit level 20, that's when the gods personally come to you and ask for help. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of how the game functions. Jesus. Um, so yeah, no, he could show up and ask you for help. Um, but what Brian said before, cause I, I did get it on a little bit of a tangent there. What Brian said before is absolutely correct. Um, one of the very best things you can do is take a character that you like from fiction and make somebody very similar to that character. Um, and there is no shame in it. Um, a very good example of a character who is remarkably simple but has, you know, a massive fan base worldwide is Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Uh. Goku has two defining characteristics. He's a little dumb and he likes to fight. And they have stretched that character for about 30 years. <laughs> they have gotten about 30 <laughs> kind of years insane. of content out of that character who, again, uh, oh, yeah, and his number three thing, he likes food. Okay, those are those are Goku's favorite thing is fighting, eating and being a little dumb. Can't even pass a driving test. Um, 
you know, anybody can play that character. <laughs> you, you, it does not, you do not need to come at me with like a Hannibal level or Hannibal Lecter level of ingenuity for your character or this, you know, super deep concept. You just have to, you know, have an idea that you want to do work with. Um, the next thing on that whole character backstory train, if you don't want to do that, um, your DM can always help cook up something for you. That's usually ends up happening anyways. Uh, just a little bit of balance. Um, new players always go to your DM as a soundboard, um, you know, just for ideas, you know, do, a, you know, work on it, do a little bit of riffing and see what you can get out of a character. If that doesn't work, um, we're gonna, we're going back to the randomize option. If your DM, which your DM should, um, I'm not expecting every player to have a copy of it, but every DM should, uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything does have a random table in the middle of it. Um, I think it's like page 120, uh, which is a randomized set of results that determine a character's backstory. You can literally make that character uh, from, you know, about, I think, 15 dice rolls, um, deciding how many, you know, where they're born, how much money they have, how many siblings they have. And it's a fantastic way to skip around the very common problem of somebody writing a backstory because, again, not everybody is a fantasy writer or, you know, a people have very varied skills. And I'm not expecting everybody who comes to my table, you know, ready to plop down an amazing piece of fiction in front of me for their character. I did that. <laughs> I, I did a couple dice rolls for my character's characteristics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah, that is going to come back up here in when we get to role play in a minute. Um, and then I think the last bit, and this is also going to come up when we get to role play, but um, when making a character's backstory, do not be afraid at all of making them very similar to you. Um, you know you, and you know what you are capable of as a person and like what fears you have um, and what, you know, what like agitates you and stuff. And so playing a, you know, and we'll get back to this when we get to role play, like I said, but playing a trumped up version of you is another great way to easily get a, you know, a character story out. Um, it's, it's makes it a lot easier for you to play that person as well, because you understand them a lot better. You don't have to do the, well, what is this person like? You, you've already got a pretty good idea. So, now that we've done all this stuff that doesn't actually involve playing the damn game <laughs> and we're 30 minutes into the show, let's talk about actually playing the damn game. So you're a brand new player and you've probably heard a lot of things about D&D and, you know, because you're now to this point where you're going to sit down and you're going to play with somebody. Let's talk about what a game actually entails. So very first thing that I'm going to put out there is that this game is a conversation um, and a conversation is supposed to be a two way street, meaning it's no fun. If I, the DM just sit there and tell you guys exactly what you're doing at exactly what time. And I have complete control of the narration on the flip. You know, if uh, you guys, if the players are just kind of going off and doing their own thing, that's perfectly fine. But there comes a time where, you know, everybody's got to kind of work together to either make the meet happen. Unless this is a completely sandbox game, then the players just kind of do whatever they want. And the DM just has to sit there and referee for a bit. Um, but we'll, we'll ignore those terms um, for now. So the very first thing I'm going to highly recommend when you start playing the game is you're going to see all these sexy skills you have, and you're going to want to start rolling dice. <laughs> um, ignore that. One of the better ways to play as a player, now this is completely opinion, and if you disagree with me, you can at me on Twitter, um, or you can you know comment here, uh, but I personally feel that when playing the game, I don't like when a player goes, I would like to roll a stealth check, or I would like to, um, I would like to use a history check, um, unless the situation very specifically calls for that. I prefer a, well, what would I know about that? Or I would like to try to move over there without being seen for two reasons. One for both the player and the DM that helps increase immersion constantly reminding thing, uh, constantly reminding everybody that there is mechanical rules in place to make this fantasy story happen can often detract from the game. 
and it can kind of keep people from getting sucked in. And this is one thing I wanted to uh, throw to you, Brian, because I didn't quite get your opinion on it when we did play that one game with you. Um, was there at any point where you kind of forgot that we were four assholes sitting around a table and we were actually, you know, or we we're actually playing a game of D&D, you know, where you invested enough at any point that you were like, oh, shit, yeah, we're playing it. You know, we're just sitting around throwing dice and making shit up. No, I felt very immersed. Uh, at first, it was super uncomfortable because uh, I used to do improv back in the day for theater. And so I was a lot better at improv and creating moments and creating characters and stuff. But uh, it was nice to get back into the flow of things. So at first, it was very, very awkward. Everyone seemed to know what they were doing. And they were just creating small nuances in the story that would propel it forward and make it more unique. And uh, I didn't know how to contribute, so I just sat there and listened. Um, I think that's really important to see how other people are interacting with the DM and the story in order to make it, uh, in order to figure out how to properly assert yourself. So yep. understanding the situation is really important for was really important for me. So I just kind of stay quiet for the first bit. And then I was just like, okay, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever wrong to ask questions because I'm, I'm a huge question asker. So I'd say, oh, uh, can I do this? And then yeah. I'd, I would, I would look at Jake and I'd be like, Hey, can I do this? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Do that. And I'll be like, okay, what about adding this to the story? Or I remember one time, uh, I stole Paul's knife and threw it on the ceiling and I got really drunk. Yeah. Um, and so those were <laughs> Standard. like, Standard. yeah, this happens in every game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just asked if I could do it, and if it was a yes, that was cool. Or uh, a lot of the times, Jake uh, or the DM would elaborate, and also the fellow players would help out. So I think having a very supportive group of people to help you that understand it can be hard, that really helps to establish more rapport and comfortability. And then as the game went on, I remember the scene where we were uh on the carriage and like getting attacked from all angles and it was super super awesome and yeah there was a lot of dice rolling and stuff but that wasn't what i was focused on to be yep. honest with you I, I i don't know if i can speak for everyone but i found that it was it was fun and immersive so okay yeah no um that's actually you segued very well because um a very common thing that happens when people start playing the game um even though they're trying to interact with the uh, or they want to interact with the world, they don't quite know how. So again, always ask, you know, Hey, would it be possible for me to do this? And when you realize very quickly that, yeah, you can do kind of everything. It's, it's really on me, the DM to sit there and go, well, that's going to be difficult, but you know, I, I have to, you know, a, a very common theme amongst good DMS is they rarely say no. It's, almost always uh yes but you know it's it's having that uh, concept of where things can go very poorly and just explaining the potential consequences sometimes uh in case a idea is half baked and might add to uh lead to potential character death which we're also going to cover here in a minute but the um, other thing that I find very common and you described it perfectly is when you're a new player we often get what we call wallflower syndrome where you're sitting there and you're afraid to interact and you're afraid to talk uh, because either a, you know, you've taken in a bunch of information already at this point. You're still trying to figure out how everything works. You're probably nervous and you don't want to look like an idiot. So I'm here to really quickly just, you know, calm a couple of those fears. First of all, we are four to seven people on average sitting around a table pretending to be other people. Anything you're going to say or do isn't going to be that weird unless you really go off the deep end with it. Um, you know, so just pretending to be a character is perfectly fine. Um, we love it as DMs. The other thing that I'm going to put out here is we love it when you interact with everything around you and not just like with the very obvious story beat that the DM might be going with. But if you want to go off and interact with, um, you know, say, hey, you, I want to go to the armor smith and I want to talk about potentially getting you know some magic armor 
okay, cool. Then we'll play that scene and then we can start building little story elements for your character and you might end up having a relationship with this armor smith. Um, you know, like you might do something to impress them and they'll forge it for you or they might ask you to do something for them. And this is how we get other things happening in the game and this is how we build a more elaborate plot. The game becomes more complex the more the players do. If the players don't do anything, then it's, you know, hop on the train. We're on Railroad City, bitch. And it's just going to be, all right, go here. Now go there. All right, now you're going there. Now you're going there. And you killed the dragon and we're done. Now, you know, the more you interact, the more you are going to get out of the game. So I highly recommend interacting. And if, because this is a very common thing I see too, just from players who are being kind of dicks. Um, if somebody has a low charisma score and they're trying to talk to a NPC, do not stop them from talking to that, to an NPC, uh, simply for the reason that low charisma score does not mean that words can't be impactful. Um, and oftentimes I usually, as the DM, I will wait the, you know, any roles that might need to be made based on how good or bad they are and depending on what they're asking for. Now, for example, you want the high charisma person to talk to the king to ask, you know, for a small, you know, a small army to go, you know, fight the undead. You know, you're, you're going to want the really good talker to do that. But to suddenly, you know, just have the the non charismatic players sit in the back seat and just go, OK, hush, hush now. Daddy's talking. You know, it's it's a really shitty thing to do. And when if you're a new player, don't be afraid to let your characters, you know, feelings and thoughts on the situation be known, because I've seen that happen in a lot of games where it's like, hey, shut up. You're you're not supposed to be talking. You're you're not the good talker. It's it's a really dumb thing. But that's just a that's a pet peeve. Um, You know, it's you know, the game, the, yeah, the game opens up a lot more the more you interact. That stuffy tavern you're sitting in, you know, becomes a lot more fun if you start poking around it. Um, if you start interacting with the people that are in there, if you start heckling the bard, for example, you know, because his cover of Wonderwall fucking sucks. The game becomes a lot more fun because there's things for me, the DM, to react to and do with it. So please, interact as much as you possibly can. Let's get to combat. Brian, how yes. did you find combat? Now, we didn't have a battle map that night because uh, my battle map has gone missing, which is upsetting. Yeah, it was uh, it was badass. But, like, uh, you told me that you made it really interesting and quick, fast pace. I think you said. That's, that's um, what I was going for. For, for the story that I was in. Um, and, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, interacting with the character before the battle scene started was really cool. I liked the backstory. And then leading into the battle, you kind of have a better understanding of why it's happening. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I, I don't know how else to say it. It was fucking sweet. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad you enjoyed it. Okay, so about 80% of your character sheet is devoted to combat, give or take. Um, it can be a little tricky. So step one, ask questions. It's a very obvious thing, um, you know, just and try to think in terms of real world. I always I always find that helps. Like if somebody has a spear, you know, if you're holding a spear um, and you, you'll like you'll see the little range next to it, but it might not click that you can throw the damn spear. Just ask, hey, would I be able to throw this thing at them? Yeah, they're you know, like I've had players go, can I throw a sword at them? I'm go, it's not going to fly real well, but I, t- sure, you can huck it. <laughs> you know, there's no reason you can't. You know, I could physically pick up a sword if I had one handy and, you know, throw it. It wouldn't do much, but I could do it. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions of what you can and can't do. Um, And that's going to segue into my next point for players. Do not be afraid to try wild shit. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, you want to climb the banister and, you know, get up to the next floor and then jump down onto somebody and do like try to do an Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed style kill. Go for it. That adds more to the game, and that can add more to the combat. Now, it does make things slightly more stressful on my side as the DM, because now I suddenly have to, like, make up or figure out how we're going to make all this work. But at the same time, you can get a whole hell of a lot more out of your game and um, your experience with the other players if you're willing to try some out-there ideas. Um, It can definitely make things a lot more fun. The next uh, concept I want to really hit on with... uh, players and good player etiquette too um you were you get an a plus for this brian because you were fantastic the entire time um yes it's not your turn 
don't look at your phone and don't just sit there and look at everybody else, um, you know, doing their stuff, even though, you know, if you want to be entertained by what's going on, go ahead. But use this time as a new player to read over your abilities and spells. Instead of just, you know, sitting there and waiting for the action to return to you, um, start being very proactive. You know, plan your next move. Uh, look over your abilities again. Read your abilities and make sure that, ooh, that, you know, there might be something here that can help. Um, make sure, you know, or look at your spells and go, oh, hang on. If I use this spell and I, you know, will use, let's say we'll use charm person, um, I might be able to get this ogre to, you know, at least give us some breathing room for about, you know, a, a couple of turns or at least me some breathing room. I might be even be able to talk him down if I can get, um, you know, a charm spell off on him. Um, there's a bunch of different ways that this can all kind of pan out, but the whole idea is, is constantly look at your stuff and make sure that your, uh, make sure that your whole concepts are solid when it comes to combat and just plan out your next moves and learn as on the fly, learn on the fly and make sure you're picking up as much as you can. Um, and on the flip side of that, do not get frustrated when you make a mistake. Like just try to remain as calm as possible. It happens with every new player. When you're brand new, you're going to misread something. You're going to try to do something and it might not work out for you or it might be an ill planned idea or the DM might just think that it's not uh, plausible, which is a bone of contention that comes up every now and again. Um, try not to be frustrated and try not to feel embarrassed because it's happened to all of us. All of us have tried to do something very, very dumb or have misread a rule and thought that it was going to do something else and, you know, have had a little puff about it. You know, just take a deep breath, remain calm and go, okay, well, you know, let, I thought that's how it worked, you know, and try to figure out something else there on the, on this fly. Do not worry about looking dumb because we've all looked very dumb playing this game at times. And, I would also say that uh, since there is so much going on as a new player, I think it's really important to remember that you're surrounded by your friends and hopefully your friends aren't dicks. If they are, you should get a new group of friends. Yeah, that does help. And uh, just you're here to have fun. You know, that's that seems to I mean, it's a game. You know, that's the biggest that's the most important thing. So just remember that no matter what happens get a little stressed out. It's all good. Just smile and you're killing some goblins, man. That's dope. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. All right. We got to race through the uh, last couple of bits here because we've only got about 12 minutes left. Whoa. I know. Time is flying on this one. All right. Let's talk about death really quick. Um, if you're a new player, it's very possible your character is going to die. Depends on the DM you're running with. Um, and, you know, sometimes the dice just are not in your favor and bad things happen. Um. If you have your character die, just, again, take a deep breath. Try not to get mad at anybody or, you know, do how you're going to cope with it. And, you know, step away from the table, go outside, take some breaths. And usually the DM will meet with you on how we want to on how it's going to be resolved. Either, you know, if the campaign allows resurrection magic, you know, hey, they might be able to take you in town and get you resurrected. Um, hey, I have this spare character sheet handy. Let's make you a new character. Or, hey, I'll let you play this character for a bit until we figure out something new for you. Um, I've seen some people shut down after having characters die. Um, and, you know, they don't see the game as fun anymore. But much like real life, death is a part of D&D. &D. Um, and you just got to find healthy ways to deal with the bad situations as they occur. Lastly on combat. And this is a, cause I've seen a lot of new players do this and it's bullshit. Do not do with it. Do not do this. Um, don't look up a monster online. I've seen a lot of players. Um, if they went out and they bought all three books or if they're just sitting there and they realize the name of the monster, like, Oh, we're fighting, uh, we're fighting an ogre. We'll use the ogre as an example again. And then they go on their phone because we have all of mankind's collected information in our pockets nowadays. And they go on their phone and they Google five E ogre and they pull up the stats and they go, Oh, Hey guys, look, it has this many hit points and it can only do this much damage on an attack. Um, first of all, this isn't like other games where it's about winning. It's more about the narrative and everything that happens from it. 
And the game becomes a lot less fun when you know that you're just trying to, you know, hit target number and take out X amount of hit points. Um, for most people, some people really like that shit, but for the most part, it becomes a lot more fun when there's theater of mind and there's, you know, your imagination's kicking and you can see your character actually fighting this ogre. Um, also, as an, another aside, too, there's a really good chance that if you do that, this ogre suddenly becomes a different kind of ogre, meaning that I'm going to, behind the scenes, change stats and add some things like, oh, look at that. It's suddenly suffering a mutation, and now it has an extra set of arms. It has four arms and a lot more HP and has picked up a spear. Does the, uh, does the monster manual say anything about that, punk? Does it? <laughs> no, didn't think so. Um just don't do it. It's it's shitty behavior. Um, I've made the mistake too once as a player when I was brand new because I used to have monster manuals laying around my house and you know I picked one up and I was like, oh, I know exactly what that is. And you know, like I realized after the fact that it kind of ruined everything in that fight. So please don't do it. <sighs> Let's get on the final bits. We got about nine minutes left. Um, the last bit that I really want to cover is role play which is probably, I think, the second hardest part of this game for most people. Um, like you said, you used to do improv so in theater, so it, you know doing a character thing isn't that difficult for you, Brian, if you want to elaborate any more on that. Uh, I mean, I hadn't done it since high school, and it's been like almost 10 years, so it wasn't easy for me. Um, but I was able to go into character... A little easier than I think most people will, but just it's it's all about just staying open minded and being able to try stuff and asking questions. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna storm through my advice for this. We're not gonna spend as much time as we have on everything else. Um, step one for role play: if you're very worried about your acting ability, I don't need you to adopt an accent or you know, I, I like I'm not <laughs> expecting a super high level level of acting. Um, just talk, just talk like yourself and you'll find, uh, you know, and just say things the way you would. I don't need any particular, you know, level of acting out of you. I just need you to say things, um, you know, just an honest attempt at saying things that your character would say. Um, next thing I would remind you, this is the one thing that came up earlier too, is we're all being a nerd with you. No one's going to think you're that weird if you, you know, start saying shit in Dwarvish because I've had players like look up a Dwarven alphabet and start like screaming battle cries and no one's going to think that's weird. Normally we're like, fuck, that's badass. Like, <laughs> can't, you know, it's, you know, we're not going to judge you for trying to be your character better. Um, we might tease you a little bit, but we're not going to, you know, sit there and, you know, we all play weird characters sometimes. It all happens. Um you know, just dip your toes in the pool and do not be afraid to play a new character. If you're not a good speaker, like if speaking in front of people makes you uncomfortable, then have a conversation with your DM about that. And a very good way to just get around that is let your dice do the talking. Tell the DM like, hey, I want to try to convince the giant to let us, you know, uh, walk down the path that he's guarding without having to pay the toll. And you can just roll a and you know, DM will just let you roll persuasion. Um, you know, that way we don't have to put you on the spot and you don't have to feel uncomfortable with acting. You know, just have that conversation with the DM beforehand if you know that that might be an issue with you until you get comfortable. Um, I have something really quick to add. This is a great time to explore, uh, like, trying new things, especially if you are introverted and very shy. This is a great time to try to break out of your shell and give it a go you know with supportive people obviously oh hands down um you know and the same thing with role play or same thing like i said with backstory too um a very good way to play a much better character is just to play you with the volume turned way up like instead of being dan the mailman um you know you are now fantasy dan ranger mailman Okay, you are you. You still deliver the mail. You also have a bow while you do it. Okay, <laughs> how would Dan deliver the mail when he has a bow and is capable of doing some nature magic? It's helpful, um, you know, and it's easy. It's a much easier way to play a character, you know, as just playing them as a turned up fantasy version of you is much easier than playing a trying to act as a completely different character. Um, I, you know, I often find that for brand new players, it's 
a great thing to do. Also, look at the ideals and bonds section um, from the player's handbook. There's you can roll for those. Your DM will help you find that. Um, some players have a really hard time figuring out like what their character is about or how to role play certain things. And having those ideals, bonds, and flaws, like especially giving your character a major flaw, is a great way to uh, really open that door into acting and role playing. Um, and last but not least, when it with role playing, uh, just final thoughts on that is. Try not to hog the spotlight. I have had several, the, the complete opposite of the people I'm giving advice to. I've had several uh, amateur actors uh, dominate all of the conversation. Uh, and, you know, the spotlight is on them and everybody else at the table is their supporting cast. This collective story has become their story and everybody else is there to bask in their glow. Do not be that person. Um, you know, get your shit in. You can be, you know, you're supposed to be an important part of the story because, damn it, you know, if there's four players, you're one fourth of the story. And, you know, naturally, too, sometimes characters will take higher priority in the story because of just the way the plot shakes out. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is there to watch your amazingly gifted acting performance. It's more of a everybody is here together and just. Try not to step on everybody's toes. Make sure everybody has enough time to talk and say things. Don't talk over other players. Be respectful. You know, be like you would be in real life. A human. Just yeah, like you know. be be kind, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, final thoughts on uh, how to be a good new player and how to impress people at your first time at a game. Um, for one, make sure you use rope. I'm dead ass serious. Rope is the best shit in D&D that isn't a weapon or a spell. You can use it to cross rivers. You can use it to climb walls. You can use it to set traps. Rope is fucking amazing in D&D. All right. Start thinking of very interesting ways to use 50 foot of rope and everybody at your game will be like, holy shit, they get it. They get it. Uh, second thing, use a 10 foot pole. Again, sounds hilarious. Sounds a little dumb. But if your first adventure is in a dungeon, you know what? Pops off traps and uh, keeps you from accidentally falling into a pool of acid. A 10-foot pole that you poke the ground with in front of you. Again, it will make you look a lot smarter. And it will, you know, oftentimes the second people realize they can start doing stuff like that. Oh, oh, let me look more at my items. Let me figure out what kind of stuff I can do. I can, you know, look at Indiana Jones and, you know, kind of figure out how Indy does stuff. I, I love comparing dungeon crawls to Indy because everybody's seen an Indiana Jones movie, or at least most people, they have a really good idea of how he handles things. And when you think about a dungeon in that context, they're like, ah, yes, do ridiculous shit as Harrison Ford would do. Boom. Easy. Um, number three, plan a life for your character. I know it sounds a little awkward, but I mean, as I said on Twitter, hey, follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, most adventurers have one pair of pants and no retirement plan, you know, and they just spend more money on weapons and stuff and they don't take any uh, fiscal responsibility classes. They don't have a retirement plan other than charging into a dragon's cave and trying to take all of his money. That's dumb. That's bad planning. Plan a life for your character. And my last final two things to help you be a fantastic new player to Dungeons and Dragons, a game with endless adventure and endless possibilities is a take notes and two. By the fucking handbook. We are the 3DMs podcast. I am Jake. Normally I have Paul, Nacho, or Clint here with me, but it's just me today. I would like to thank Brian Joe for coming out. Brian, if you would love to plug your podcast just one more damn time, please take all the time you need and go for it, buddy. Sounds good. Uh, so if you guys want to message me, have any questions about anything, my experience as as a new player or anything like that, it's actually Brian Joe Multimedia. So B-R-I-A-N-Z-H-O-U and then Multimedia, all one word, all lowercase. And um, again, for my podcast, I'm just trying to make the world a better place. And I really think I'm doing it through this podcast that I have. It's called The Brian Joe Show. Uh, same first last name and then just joe show so cool thank you thanks for having me on jake yep no it was uh it was fantastic check us out on his podcast that is that episode up already it is gonna be up in two or three weeks i think because I, I have a couple podcasts in the hole so mm, gotcha you know. all right well we will uh share that back out when it comes up um a couple of final things to do um number one i normally this is where i'd plug all the social media and stuff but uh we're actually about to rebrand. Um, 
the name needs to change because it's hard getting a consistent amount of hosts. And more importantly, um, I think the name Three Dungeon Masters has us pigeonholed as just a D&D podcast. And we actually want to start talking about more stuff. Um, so we're about to rebrand, We're gonna, which means new graphic arts. Um, we're looking to switch over to Twitch. Basically, we're going to kind of soft reboot the show. Um, there's a couple of topics I really want to n- take another crack at now that we're – you know, almost 50 episodes deep and a lot better at talking about D&D than we were when we started and also have a much better knowledge base because we now have a good understanding of how to prepare a fucking show. So in the coming weeks, I the plan is to get to episode 50. We're currently on 48. So in about a month, when we get to episode 50, we're going to change the branding. We're going to do a soft reboot. We're going to um, go back over some stuff that we've covered in the past that we want to do a little bit better. And we're going to expand our social media presence a bit. So while we're still 3DMs, if you do want to find us, just type it in Facebook, type it in Twitter. If you're already listening to the podcast, you know where to look for us. Um, You know, listen to the podcast. You can find us on Apple and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere except for Spotify. They hate us. Don't still don't know why. And and, you know, just pay attention to our socials because we're about to everything's about to change up a little bit, but not for the worse. We, you know, we're, we're getting better at doing this thing. And I think that it's about time that we uh, instead of putting half an ass cheek into it, put the full ass into this podcasting thing. But with that, I am Jake. I'm Brian. And we are 3DMs. Thanks for coming, everybody. Have a good week. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Can't end the video. Shit. Shit. Oh, no. Panic. Everybody panic. Ah, There we go. All right, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. I appreciate that. What changes? There we go. Okay, we're good. We're good. That had me all fucking panicked for a second. And stop streaming. Stop recording. Oh, and I need to turn these off before I forget that.